Welcome to a continuation of the HEC Talk series brought to you by the Charlotte AHEC Practice Support Team. For this round of talks, we will be sharing best practice tools and tips helpful to today's primary and specialty care providers through a series of podcasts. The Charlotte AHEC Practice Support Team has been providing support to independent practices since 2009. We currently coach practices in the Charlotte, North Carolina region on initiatives like patient-centered medical home, the quality payment program, and other incentive programs. Let's get into today's podcast. Welcome to our latest episode in the HEC Talk podcast series, brought to you by the Charlotte AHEC Practice Support Team. I am Sigrid Smith, a practice support coach and certified diversity professional. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that affects medical practices, any type of organization, and individuals in their daily lives, unconscious bias. We'll talk about it as it relates to culturally competent healthcare organizations. First, we will briefly discuss what unconscious bias is and how it presents itself in healthcare and medical practices. Then, We'll talk about ways that physicians and staff can begin to have discussions that will hopefully improve team relationships and those relationships between the medical practice and the patients they serve. What is cultural competence in healthcare? A culture is simply a way of life. It is an expression of your values and things around you. It influences why things are important to you. Exhibiting cultural competence in healthcare in simple terms means that you consider the cultural factors of the patient population that you serve when it comes to delivering care. It could be considering the language, behaviors, or other factors of those patients. Why is this important? If you recognize the diversity, uniqueness, and culture of your population, you can make healthcare workers more receptive and inclusive of the lifestyles that may be different than their own. As a result, Patients may feel more at ease with an organization that values their beliefs and behaviors. For example, if you have a large Spanish-speaking population, you may want to consider the following actions. Employ Spanish-speaking staff, interpreters, or language service to assist patients with understanding instructions in a language that is more comfortable for them. Provide website and documentation in Spanish. These are just a few best practices that can be employed for any practice that looks at their language and ethnicity and realizes they have at least 5% of the patient population that speaks a language other than English. Offering information in another language is just one example, like I said. I'm sure you can think of others as you examine the demographics of your patient population. Unconscious bias, also called implicit bias, can be tricky. It is something that we do or a bias that we express that we often don't realize until it has been revealed to us. It is stereotypes or preconceived notions that we have about others. Unconscious bias is often unintentional. It is worth mentioning that the stereotypes associated with unconscious or implicit bias can be either positive or negative. This type of bias often happens when we give preference to someone or show favor to someone that most closely looks like us or share similar values. So how prevalent is unconscious or implicit bias in healthcare? Well, in 2017, the Institute for Healthcare Improvement, IHI for short, released a report on achieving health equity 
a guide for healthcare organizations worldwide. The report mentions studies revealing that most healthcare providers have implicit racial or ethnic bias at the same rate as the general population. So we'll note, however, that unconscious bias reaches far beyond race. It can be physical appearance, socioeconomic status, age, ability, and gender, just to name a few. So what does unconscious bias look like? It can be showing preference to someone that went to the same college as you during an interview. It also can be overlooking or thinking negatively of a patient that presents with a certain hair color, style, or tattoo. It can also be automatically thinking that an elderly or disabled person may be a burden just because you think they can't do certain things as someone who presents to be more able-bodied. First impressions of a patient, staff, or teammate based on where in the county they live is also another example. Just imagine a new patient comes in and fills out an intake form. On the demographics, they list that they live on B Street. You have heard that B Street is in a bad area with a lot of drug activity, so you automatically assume that the patient is difficult or drug-seeking solely based on where he or she lives. Now that we've talked about a few examples of what unconscious bias look like, let's talk about why would anyone want to work to improve unconscious bias in their practice. First, improving unconscious bias will give your patients and staff a better experience. When patients are satisfied, they do at least three things. First, they're more compliant in meeting goals set by the care team, and they feel more involved in decision-making. Second, they return for services. Third, and sometimes more, most importantly, they recommend your practice to others. Improving unconscious bias can help a practice tap into community resources and build relationships that can impact the area in which their patients live. Examples include attending area LGBTQ events. You can make connections that may help patients that are trans or have other gender identity. You may find valuable resources to assist patients that are victims of domestic violence through community meetings and symposiums. By visiting area farmers markets and local grocers, you can help tap into services that may help if your patients are in a food desert. What can a practice do to become more culturally competent and begin to examine unconscious bias? Take a good look at the demographics of your patient population. You can't begin to work on areas if you don't know what really needs to be addressed. Reach out to your electronic health record vendors and ask for assistance in running reports on race, ethnicity, language, age, gender, homelessness, and other demographic categories. Look for large segments of your patient population and ask yourself what resources are available for those patients and truly how are those patients being treated and included when they visit your practice. Another step is to gather patient feedback. You can conduct a patient satisfaction survey. You can also create a patient advisory council or diverse focus group. Another tip is to implement a suggestion box. Look at your patients from a medical standpoint. What diseases do you treat most? Do you have a high Medicaid population? Do you have gender identity patients? 
Do you have a segment of the population that is homeless, has HIV, or domestic abuse survivors? These are all areas where you can just look at the demographics and run reports and kind of see where you need to target your diversity and inclusion efforts. Again, this is just a quick overview of cultural competence and unconscious bias and a few ways to begin to examine this in your practice. Many evidence-based techniques can be found on the internet. I referenced IHI's Achieving Health Equity Report. That is a good place to start. Another great resource is Harvard's Project Implicit. It's a series of implicit association tests that will help you understand more about your preferences. They have a range of test topics including race, age, religion, gender, weight, just to name a few. You can find these by searching online for Harvard Implicit Association Tests. Thanks again for your time. Be on the lookout for other podcasts in our series. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. For more podcasts in our series, visit the practice support section on the Charlotte AHEC website, www.charlotteahec.org.